tonight about uh, the next uh, contemplation, which is the contemplation of the space element internally and externally. The instruction given in this sutta is very simple. Uh, simply uh, inviting one to uh, bring attention to the cavities uh, inside the body, like for example the inside of the mouth. Um, any um, any uh, part of the body which is uh, in a closed uh, empty space, and uh, then this uh, could be compared with, uh, for example, the uh, space that's enclosed within this room, or the space uh, that's enclosed uh, if one is in a valley uh, uh, enclosed by the uh, surrounding mountains or the space um, and the earth that's enclosed by the sky, or the space um, in the universe, uh, uh, which is in some way uh, enclosed by the outermost boundaries of, of one universe. And the instruction is uh, to uh, observe and reflect about uh, the space internally and uh, contemplating the space externally and contemplating both with the thought, this is not me, not mine, and not myself. Uh, although this instruction is given in a way which is exactly parallel to the first four elements uh, that we talked about yesterday, um, the space element uh, in the in the Buddhism is associated with the um, immaterial attainments. Uh, one of the immaterial contemplations is the contemplation of uh, boundless space. Uh, and so it's um, maybe impossible to uh, take it in that direction. Uh, I'm not uh, going to go very much into the Abhidhamma explanation of the immaterial contemplations and the contemplation of boundless space. Uh, that, that's, uh, uh, it's not the training um, that I had, so I'm not um, actually competent to uh, I'll discuss it in those terms. Uh, but we can uh, think about the contemplation of space in terms of the sutta, especially uh, uh, in terms of the uh, Nahimal Sutta, uh, which uh, gives, uh, from the uh, sutta perspective, uh, 
overall strategy of meditation in terms of taking the object of contemplation and making it increasingly more and more simplified uh, by subtraction. Uh, so in the Honeyball Sutta, one may um, leave the city and go to the forest and uh, one can observe that the uh, forest is empty of uh, city elements. So the things in the city are not present in the forest. And then one may um, uh, contemplate the uh, different uh, things in the forest, like the trees and uh, rocks and so forth. And um, then uh, uh, subsequently uh, subtract the diversity of the specific things in the forest and just see the forest itself apart from all of the things that make up the forest. Um, uh, and then one can take, uh, let's say, um, in a tree, for example, um, it could be characterized by um, has some qualities of the earth element in terms of its hardness. And then one can contemplate the earth element and then uh, take away the earth element and just be aware of the uh, space that is occupied by the tree apart from the hardness of the tree. And so this is kind of a uh, it could seem a little bit like a trick or like a, a sort of a mental game uh, to uh, uh, bring the mind uh, more and more away from being engaged with objects and uh, dropping out different aspects of the external objects uh, in a progressive kind of way uh, until there's uh, nothing left but the mind itself. Um, but it's, to me it's more meaningful if we uh, look at what is the um, like the moral purpose of this practice. Uh, the overall theme of the Dattivibhanga Sutta uh, is that uh, uh, through the um, developing the four um, determinations or the four foundations that are given in the Sutta, that we come to a place where the tides of conceiving no longer sweep over us. So this conceiving, this uh, conceit, this um, anxiety about the self, or this uh, stress uh, that we have about the self, and the uh, 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 constant um, uh, internal uh, uh, psychological or psychic 
emotion that a person is naturally involved in where they're uh, reaching out for some kind of becoming, to become something or to be something or to attain some kind of state. And, and so it's that uh, uh, pull, that draw towards uh, becoming that's creating the uh, stress that's uh, keeping us uh, bound up in samsara. And what, uh, what then what we're aiming for is this uh, state of mind uh, where that anxiety is able to go to rest. Um, so then uh, one way to reduce the anxiety of becoming is by directing the mind towards objects that are not uh, sparking off or triggering um, the kind of activation of the mind towards becoming. Um, so, uh, to give an example, um, here in this monastery, uh, one could um, look around and one could notice um, objects uh, in terms of things that need to be taken care of, uh, work that needs to be done. And if we're looking at objects in that light, we're uh, giving a very strong uh, fuel uh, to our tendency towards becoming, of putting ourselves in the position of the one who has to keep on doing the work, keep on taking care of things, keep on um, keep on uh, maintaining and improving and developing and all of this other uh, kind of work. Uh, but uh, if we uh, uh, are uh, uh, dropping out of looking at the objects in those terms and simply looking at them in terms of the elementary uh, qualities of the earth, water, um, uh, fire, and air element, then we've come like some distance away from uh, seeing things in the uh, in a, in a way which would be a, a triggering uh, our anxiety or our agitation. And, and so then the mind becomes more peaceful because the mind is directed towards um, an object which is a peaceful object. Uh, in another sutta, uh, uh, the uh, sutta on the uh, two kinds of thought, uh, there's this very simple uh, teaching where uh, the um, the Buddha is uh, uh, suggesting that when he was only a bodhisattva, he would uh, assess uh, the thoughts that occurred in terms of whether they were uh, wholesome and beneficial or whether they were unwholesome and, and uh, unbeneficial. And then he would uh, um, abandon the unbeneficial thoughts and allow the mind to dwell on the beneficial thoughts. Um, and he said that uh, it's uh, that which we pay attention to becomes the inclination of the mind, or you could say becomes the inclination of the heart. Uh, and then uh, he says that uh, if we get the pure beneficial thoughts, 
one can stay there for a long time, just keeping the mind uh, focused and uh, uh, fully uh, suffused and uh, fully uh, permeated with beneficial thoughts and stay there for a long time. And it would be a safe place. Uh, but eventually, uh, the mind becomes tired of the agitation of the thoughts and wants to just allow the thoughts to drop away. So, uh, in the um, um, uh, meditation on the four great elements, which is are aspects of materiality, uh, one is um, uh, not looking at objects in terms of things. We're not looking at them as chairs and robins and trees or something like that, but looking at them uh, just in terms of the elementary qualities. But still, we're like sort of close to the materiality, close to seeing the objects as objects. So it's like we're not um, uh, completely out of the out of the, the danger. We're still in the in the the realm where it's uh, so easy uh, to remember that um, you know the chair needs to be fixed, or I like the chair, I don't like the chair, or the chair is good for me, it's bad for me, or um, why did they do that to my chair, and something like that. So um, then uh, moving away from the four great elements into the space element is like withdrawing further away into more like a safety zone. Uh, where the mind is is even more um, uh, farther away from being focused on uh, the kind of inputs that could possibly uh, stir up uh, this um, um, anxiety or agitation uh, related to um, self-conceit or uh, related to uh, conceiving. So that's uh, one way of uh, looking at this uh, meditation on the space element as uh, just a progressive step to acquire the mind. Um, I don't really know uh, for sure whether in this sutta it's referring to the immaterial attainment, uh, which is uh, beyond the four jhanas, because it's not really described in that sutta in those terms. Uh, but we can be um, uh, pretty sure that this whole sutta is certainly speaking about, uh, about concentration, about uh, sama samadhi, which is uh, typically described in terms of the four jhanas. Uh, uh, it's uh, said that... Uh, Uh, any of the jhanas uh, can serve as the fruitful uh, ground for the coming to the liberating insight, the coming to our uh, waking up. Uh, so uh, there's another sutta where it says that um, one could enter into the first jhana, which is characterized by a seclusion, 
by applied thought and sustained thought with seclusion from uh, the uh, uh, hindrances are uh, uh, secluded from unwholesome states of mind. And uh, within that uh, practice, either within that practice or on emerging from that practice, uh, one can understand that the jhana itself is conditioned impermanent. And because of its condition and impermanent nature, that the jhana itself is not a refuge. It's not a final solution, even though it's a, a very uh, blissful and refined state, a state that's uh, temporarily safe from from affliction. Uh, but but that's not it. And then it says that standing on that turn towards nibbana. So from the first uh, 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 seeing the um, impermanence in the first in the in the first jhana or any of the jhanas, one can then uh, uh, um, gain the the nibbida the um, uh, disenchantment uh, with anything else except except nibbana. Um, and and um, become willing to to drop the 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 the, the craving and to uh, um, and turn towards awakening. So in that way, I, um, the uh, uh, Immaterial attainments are uh, described in the sutta as being um, sort of optional or um, an embellishment or an attainment, uh, like um, an embellishment of the practice uh, for the uh, monk or the uh, meditator who has uh, gained uh, uh, great attainments, um, but it's it's not given as the uh, uh, fundamental um, uh, part of the path for awakening. Usually, the path for awakening is given in terms of uh, uh, including samasamadhi, which is invariably described in terms of the four jhanas uh, that are based on form. So. Uh, uh, nevertheless, in the story of this sutta, we know that uh, this uh, Pukusati, uh, who's uh, the student that the Buddha is speaking to, is a very talented uh, meditator who seemed to have great natural gifts uh, just by uh, receiving uh, one teaching on a, a gold plate that was given to him as a gift, gift from uh, King Bimbazara. Uh, Pukusati was able to master a lot of of meditation and become a, a convinced uh, faith follower of the of the Buddha, and 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 was a, a very strong meditator, and so then uh, the Buddha was uh, in this case trying to get him to go beyond his field of meditation and to move him towards insight. Uh, so the uh, uh, aspect of uh, if we suppose that Pukusati was able to go into the formless attainment of the contemplation of boundless space, 
the uh, instruction or the reminder that the, the Buddha was saying was not to get any pride in having this attainment. To say, this attainment is not me, not mine, not myself. So that's another way of, of thinking of, of this uh, particular uh, contemplation. Um, and another way of thinking of it, uh, still taking it a little bit more from a, a moral perspective than from a technical meditation perspective, I uh, recall uh, when I was uh, younger, I sat with the Thich Nhat Hanh group for a long time, and um, Thai uh, very often um, included the teaching of uh, knowing that there's a space within us as a way of uh, recognizing the um, interdependence. Uh, so one way of seeing uh, our space is to say that because of the existence of a space within each person, then that means that there's an interpenetration of, of the elements through, uh, through causation. And so uh, a person is part of all of the other causes and conditions that surround them uh, and not separate from, from the causes and conditions. Because we're not... Us, if, if we were... If a person was metaphorically like a solid thing that was completely solid and that didn't have any space in it, in it, then it would, in a way, the solidity would be a kind of a permanence. It would be locked into a structure and it wouldn't have the, the possibility for change or for, for um, like a, a, a creativity. Uh, but then if there's space, then there's room for something else to happen. There's room for change, room for growth. Um, Uh, very often we can see how uh, uh, a lot of things become possible by what we give up or what we take away. That what we give up or what's taken away, that the emptiness that's left from abandoning something is a more uh, powerful spiritual force than the benefit we get from uh, gaining or acquiring something. When I was... Um, at the Bhavana Society, we, uh, I had a, some um, control of a project to uh, 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 redesign a, a little um, a bungalow to be uh, a dwelling for the uh, uh, bhikkhunis. And um, this bungalow had a front door and a back door. And I wanted to... I was uh, uh, doing a, trying to redesign it. Uh, to be something that would have two bedrooms and um, a little a tea area and a meditation hall. And, and uh, through my own uh, sketches or my own thinking about it, I just couldn't make it work and couldn't make it work. And then um, uh, there was a volunteer architect who then started uh, uh, corresponding with me on email about it. And uh, in looking at what I was trying to do, she, said, she pointed out, well, the space has a front door and a back door, and I was um, 
trying to make the back door into the front door, into the front door, into um, uh, like a, an exit from the uh, from the bedrooms. And she said, well, it's a very small building. You don't need two doors. So just throw away the back door, uh, throw away the front door, and throw away the front porch. And then uh, the entire uh, possibility for that little building uh, kind of like fell together in place and became uh, what we wanted it to be. You know, it's a, it was a very nice, uh, very nice uh, transformation. So the transformation of the building was possible by taking some things that you would think would be essential, like the front porch and the front door, and throwing them away. And so the same way we can look at our life, the things that we think are essential uh, to us, to our personality, to our character, to who we are, and um, think about uh, throwing them away. Uh, and uh, so the uh, contemplation of, of uh, space besides the uh, physical uh, space uh, within the body, one can think of it also in terms of a kind of a, a psychological or a metaphorical uh, uh, space uh, within our personality. Uh, when you come into an empty room, um, it's so much more uh, comfortable than uh, coming into a room which is excessively stuffed with a lot of bric-a-brac or a lot of a lot of things. And so um, that uh, contemplating the space in that way we can um, uh, feel a sense of uh, openness, uh, tranquility, and a kind of a creative possibility. I think that Thai also um, associates the idea of the internal space with inner freedom. And uh, that uh, uh, freedom, uh, to me, is uh, uh, very closely associated with equanimity. So, at any time uh, that there's any kind of uh, discontent with the reality as it is in the present moment, whether it be, be related to aversion, um, to uh, uh, desire, or to uh, holding on to something because of identification, uh, uh, when those uh, afflictive states are present, uh, the mind is agitated. It's being uh, compelled and pulled towards some kind of action to get rid of the negative, to gain the positive, and to um, hold on to that which uh, we identify with. Uh, but when the mind is uh, uh, perfectly equanimous, there's not any uh, push or pull uh, in terms of needing to do one thing or the other in, in relationship to um, uh, what's coming to us in our own experience. And so the uh, uh, contemplation of the space element uh, would then uh, 
it's sort of a, uh, the sense of freedom that we associate with space element might be considered very close to the kind of a sense of freedom that we have when we uh, uh, develop a very strong equanimous state. And then uh, 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 focusing our mind on attending to the space element is uh, also um, putting us in a space, in a, in a mental space that uh, supports equanimity, uh, uh, stillness, and non-agitation. And so then, um, there's, there's two, two aspects of, two of the aspects of mentality are um, uh, like what we uh, cognize, which is like what, what we're taking in, and what we intend, which is uh, like what we're putting out uh, at, the, at the mental level. So when we cognize uh, tranquil, economist, free, uh, uh, beautiful state of space, then that uh, supports uh, making room for the uh, intentional aspect of equanimity, uh, the freedom or the, the like a, a non-doing uh, as a, an aspect of intention, it makes the space for that to grow. So it's what we intend, what we pay attention to becomes the inclination of the mind. By paying attention to the space element, then the mind will become more inclined towards peace and towards non-agitation and non-doing. And so that would be, uh, to me, um, a reason why you could see that um, uh, this uh, particular contemplation is uh, falling in the sequence of the of the uh, flow of uh, this uh, teaching that the Blessed One is giving. So he started out with uh, the sense bases and the uh, 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 grief uh, 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 joy, grief, and. Uh, equanimity arising from the sense contact. So there's a lot of agitation there. Then he's coming down to the four great elements, and there's a, a less agitation, more freedom there. And then he's coming down again to the uh, space element there. So uh, putting us in a, a possibility of uh, creating a lot of uh, stillness in the mind. And then uh, you'll see in the, the next contemplation after that, that uh, 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 the Buddha does point out that there's a, a danger if we think that that stillness of contemplating space element or the stillness of contemplating the uh, pure consciousness element, if you think that that's the end solution, then you've, you've missed the goal and you'll um, uh, be uh, lost uh, you can be lost for a long time 
uh, but you can use that state uh, to uh, turn towards turn towards uh, um, insight. Still, at this time, uh, we're just a, a few days into this uh, uh, retreat, and it may be uh, uh, fruitful to uh, uh, just uh, simply continue working to uh, use this uh, element of contemplation to try to uh, go further and further as far as we're able to go uh, towards uh, steadying, calming, and stabilizing the mind. So this is what I have for you tonight. Thank you for your patient listening. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.